Oh my God, Mr. Inspirato. I love your trailer. Freaking awesome. I haven't even done that yet. <laughs> I am really slacking. No trailer for you. No trailer for you. No trailer for you. <laughs> love it, man. Love it. Have a great day. I love it. I love it. I love it. It is so exciting when I get voice messages, especially when I get voice messages from people like yourself. Foxy Lady from Awesome Sauce Radio Podcast. Also, Cannabis Conundrum. Meeting you in Desert Fox outside of the Outley Crew Show was so exciting. You're such good vibes. I'm so glad that you're, you're, you're the investigators that you are, putting the detective work in, spreading the truth, planting the seeds, waking up the minds, uh, contributing to the high vibration of the consciousness. Golly, I love it. I love it. The kinds of conversations you have and you walk away and you feel so satisfied. You feel so satisfied. It's the difference between eating a bag of chips and go, oh, I'm full, I eat all these chips, and eating like the food that is just like, mmm, that is tasty, that hit the spot. And it's nutritious, delicious and nutritious. And my fingers are not orange. Look at that. My belly is full and my fingers are not orange and fuzzy. <laughs> so satisfying. I think, you know, that's the thing. It's like, those are the indicators that, um, those are the people that you gotta keep in your life. The conversations that you have with the people that make you feel so good. Come on, baby, make it hurt so good. I hurt, I thirst, I hunger for these kinds of conversations. And the more that I can surround myself in these conversations, what's exciting is that then I share the information I learned from, from, from people like yourself, spirits like yourself, high vibrating beacons like yourself, and I share the conversations that we have. I share that, that wisdom with this other group of people now that I'm having a high vibration conversation with. And chances are the things that we had talked about match up with things that they're talking about synchronistically. And that's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. And that's when you know you're right there in that, that vibration, right there in that mm, delicious frequency. So thank you for calling in. I love audience participation. I love friend participation. This includes you, listener. Where are you right now? Are you driving a tractor in Iowa? Are you, are you traversing the Alaskan uh, tundra? Or maybe you're out on a boat out there trying to catch some uh, lobster. Maybe um, maybe you're in the Caribbean. Maybe you're sitting there on the beach. You go, Inspirato Projecto is the perfect podcast for me to be listening to right now. Um, you are in the store for a series of, you know, everyday stuff. Magic happens in everyday stuff. So what you're about to hear here is a series of interesting situations. And by the way, um, I'm giving away a, a I'm, actually, I'm giving you a spoiler alert here. Throughout the episode, I'm looking for a candle, okay? 
what I did not include at the end of the episode is that I found that candle. It was a um, birthday candle. Pink. But it was as close to red as, as, I, was, uh, as I could find. And I gotta say, after I, I lit that candle and I did the Bashar Transformative Shifting Cube, it was moments after that I received a phenomenal text message from my buddy Ryan McGonigal, who I worked on the movies Legend of Fall Creek and Black Pumpkin with. And right now we're raising funds for the next movie, House in the Middle of Nowhere. And we co-produce the Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival and also the brand new one that's coming up October 21st through the 23rd called the Dos Lagos Film Festival. So so moments after lighting this reddish candle, still in the spectrum, um, lighting a candle, doing the Bashar Transformative Shifting Cube, all of a sudden, I got a, a phenomenal text from Ryan, Ryan McGonigal. Uh, the details of which I cannot divulge. However, I can totally imagine it happening. Uh, we shall see. Anyway, thank you for listening to Inspired Projecto. And just that's a reminder to let you know that uh, the universe listens to you. The universe is co-creating with you. It's working together with you. Just give it an opportunity to, to just surrender to it working through you. Look for the signs. Look for the synchronicities, baby. Thanks for listening to Inspirato Projecto. And if you want to contribute to this podcast, you can leave a vo- You can go to anchor.fm slash Projecto, leave a voice message, or you can call the hotline, 561-203-9179. And that's all I'll say about that. Time is now 3.45 p.m. Um, today is today is what we got here. The 14th. That's what it is. So Yachtly crew. Welcome to Inspirato Projecto, by the way. This is a, a variety show, an audioscape. Um, filled with synchronicities, epiphanies, interviews with unique people. Uh, music. Very often I put my own song, the Facebook, uh, not the Facebook, the Face Palm theme song. A lot of times I'll put that at the end of the episode. Um, talk about what goes on behind the scenes with the Yachtly Crew, Yacht Rock Band, the band I'm in. And uh, I take you on adventures, like this one right now. I'm on my way up to the store to uh, get some grub. So, uh, all of my, a, a whole slew of extraordinary synchronicities are in fact presented um, in an episode, a few episodes ago, of when I was in West Palm Beach with Yachtly Crew, there were so many synchronicities that happened out there. Um, it was mind explosive. And uh, just so great, just so great. The last episode I released is a conversation, mostly 
uh, between Desert Fox and Foxy Lady from Awesome Sauce Radio and Cannabis Conundrum. I've been following them for a while. And uh, I've been following them for a while and I finally got a chance to meet them in person. This is what's so cool about starting your own podcast. I use Anchor.fm. It's a free app. You download it and they uh, distribute it to all kinds of different podcasts, podcast um, apps, directories. And which means that since Anchor is owned by Spotify, your podcast goes right up on a Spotify. Goes right up there. Whoa. No. Someone burned this place down? No way. No. Oh my God. There's this place right nearby where I live and I'm walking past and it's totally burnt down. I can't believe this. This is crazy. Oh my gosh. That's nuts. I can't believe that place is burned down. Oh my God. That's crazy. Wow. 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 Do you think that probably happened last night? And I didn't even know it. Oh my gosh, man. Thank God. I didn't even hear any sirens or anything come out. Oh, boy. Anyway, this uh, podcast focus focuses on, well, heck, sometimes celebrity impressions. Every once in a while, someone will show up and say hello. Uh, every once in a while, I'll interview an Uber driver. Sometimes I'll talk to... Someone's standing in line somewhere. Um, it's interesting. I'm finding myself in the middle of, well, spinning plates. I'm spinning plates. And I'm in the middle of a few different projects right now that are simmering, marinating, Growing, flowing, and I'm very curious to see how it all pans out. These are projects that one of them I can talk about. Well, okay, a couple of them I can talk about. Um, Crimes and Capers. It's a TV channel. It's on a Roku, Apple TV. It's on Fire TV. This is a channel I'm helping out my buddy with. I've made a couple of commercials uh, for some of my friends' uh, companies, and I put them up on there. I put commercial to my own book, Wonder Wander, You Draw. That's a full title, Wonder Wander, You Draw, with a capital U. You Draw. Just you. And it's an uh, activity book of sorts. Some blank pages. It's fun for the whole family, really. And um, that's on that channel, Crimes and Capers. We're looking for advertisers. If you'd like to advertise on there, heck, if you want to advertise on this podcast, email me at inspiratoprojecto 
Projecto at gmail.com. I think it'd be fantastic to uh, do a commercial for your company. I can make a 30-second one. I can make a one-minute one. There are listeners all over the globe. Yes, I'm beside myself, too. Um, yet it's true. There are... There are... Um, there are listeners all over the globe. It blows my mind. People are in France. People are in Nebraska. People are in Africa. People are in Iceland. Listening to this show right now. It's absolutely breathtaking. So, if you want these people to know about what you have going on, feel free to send me an email, projecto at gmail.com, and I'll tell these fine people about it. For now, however, I have got to go inside and uh, do some grocery shopping. So I will talk to you more later. The time is now 5.42. The 14th, we're still on the 14th. So I came back from the store, got a few things. Um, and I've just been informed by my buddy Lawrence August that um, tomorrow, April 15th, in fact, by the time you hear this, it could very well be April 15th, unless I get this out today, um, April 15th, 2022, Solar Flare Major Breakthrough. Unexpected event changes, <coughs> glitches in your realities, and synchronicities. Get a red candle and return here for tomorrow's instructions. Affirm, I shine like the sun. So, anyone who read this on Instagram, they wrote in the bottom, I shine like the sun. Now, Uh, This is quite intriguing because it inspired me to go up to uh, a different store to get a red candle. It says to have a red candle, so I don't have a red candle at home. So I'm going to go up here and see, see what I can find. Now, the cool thing is I received on a knock, a knock on my door earlier, and it was a taller box than I anticipated uh, inside is a sock monkey. This little dude must be like t- two feet tall. I cannot believe it. Martin Schmidt, the sock monkey guy, made, made this little monkey for me. And he's wearing his captain's hat. He's got his blue uh, blazer. His white shirt, white pants. And... Um, A few, I've, I have two podcasts out now with Martin Schmidt in it. And there will be a third. So I have two episodes right now. He just he has got so much information power-packed in his knowledge. Um, I just had to 
I had to um, spread it out. So, um, yeah, so Martin Schmidt, he's the guy who restored the Golden State Theater. Now, in those episodes, you will also hear Cristo Rapolo. Cristo Rapolo is the man who has seen tons of UFOs. So, yes, I, I received this sock monkey in the mail, and I thought he was going to be a little guy. Maybe a foot tall at the most. Jeez, this is, like, very generous of him. So I asked him uh, if I could commission him sometime to make a sock monkey of each of the guys in the band. And I would send him... um, I would send him emails of the close-ups of the the patches we have and the umlauts, all that razzmatazz. Um, he's really good with the details, this guy. Such a wonderful craftsman. So we shall see what's going on with this red candle. I just got done probably, probably about 20 minutes ago doing my Bashar meditation affirmation situation. <laughs> transformative shifting cube exercise I've been doing it more than 30 days I would say at this point and the idea is that it jump starts your synchronicities it invites in uh, extraordinary situations and reflects your highest joys preferences all that razzmatazz. It's an amplification device. You become the amplification device. I just learned about this not too long ago. Um, it's been a couple weeks ago. And they were talking about something concerning... Um, I don't know if it had to do with a cell phone or if it was like remote-controlled remote controller for the TV Um, something like that and uh, the idea was that apparently when you touch this controller to your chin I guess your entire skull becomes sort of like a an antenna that becomes an amplifier And uh, when I heard that, it immediately made me think about our third eye and how our third eye, how powerful it is. This lady's walking right at me. So it's really interesting. Okay. You know those situations when you're walking down the street and you're looking at the person and you keep walking straight and you go, okay. It's either they move or I move. I was on the path first. They see me. So then you find yourself start to move and they start moving that same direction. Sometimes what I do is I'll just stop wherever I'm at and it will just force them to make a decision. 
very interesting. So, sock monkey. Do you know how to make sock monkeys? Uh, who was it? I had a friend long ago who knew how to make sock monkeys. She made me made me a sock monkey. And so, of course, when I met Martin for the first time, naturally, I was reminded of that. And it's such an obscure, awesomely obscure thing. And rare. I mean, how many times do you come across people who make sock monkeys? Such a cool art form. When I was interviewing him, he was showing me pictures of all the various... Um, creatures he's made just astounding what are your favorite hobbies what are the things that you enjoy doing that you're fine with no one else watching you no one else is judging you no one is uh, and it makes sense now why so many people just keep certain things as hobbies Oh, you play piano? Yes. It's just a hobby. And I think by saying that, it's kind of a protective... Um, it might be sort of a, a protective thing that they're doing because when you, say, when, you, when you say hobby, it implies the idea that you're by yourself, you're like a mad scientist, you're in your area working on something. Nobody's judging it. Nobody's saying, oh, this is good or this is bad. It's like you're the master of your own little domain. You're the author. You know, you're the CEO. All that razzmatazz. You don't have to ask anyone's permission. Everybody deserves that. All right. I'm about to go into this place now. Um, We'll talk some more. Here's your fun fact. You can use Star Wars collectible coins as real money. The tiny South Pacific island of Niue accepts limited edition Star Wars collectible coins as legal tender. So on your next vacation to Niue, be sure to bring some of your coins if you're in need of buying lunch and you're all out of money. Okay, stay tuned Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts. Just now walked out of CVS. Hello. Hello. I think I see the raven. That's over by my house lot. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. How you doing? How's it going? Wow. Look at him just climbing right up. There's a seagull on this roof. Big seagull and this raven is almost the same size as is that seagull walking up the roof. Walking right up to the top. Hello! I'm so curious if that's the same raven. It'd be so cool if it was. Wow. Wow. When I see the big raven over by my house, usually... It's accompanied by another raven. Usually there are two ravens. 
I'm curious if that is the same one. That would be really cool. I'm going to... Uh, uh, check out another place. There's a... Um, CVS nearby. So I'm going to look at that. And see what we can... What we can drum up. At the other... At the other place, they said that they would have candles, and they did have candles. They said that they would have red, red candles, and the closest thing I saw was pink. It smelled really good. In fact, it made me want to chew on it. Made me want to chew on it. Um, so I did not get that. We're going to check out this place, see if we can find a red candle. Maybe the reason why I was driven out of the house a second time today for the candle, maybe it was not necessarily for the candle. Maybe the idea of getting the red candle, maybe the whole point was for me to um, see the raven again. As Lisa Bowman has said, um, ravens are a symbol of transformation, shape-shifting, things of that nature. So it feels like that. It feels like that. Yachtly crew is about to have a... Uh, bunch of shows come up and uh, it'll be very interesting very very interesting to see how it all evolves what's the last synchronicity that you had what's the last time where you Encountered uh, something out of the ordinary, seemingly out of the ordinary, something where you thought about someone, you're talking about someone, uh, you're reading about something, you're singing a song to yourself, and all of a sudden, that person ends up calling you, or someone drives past and they're listening to that song on the radio, or you walk into the, into the, you walk into the place and they're playing it. As a, uh, as a as an appreciator of earthling observance, I was like, I like listening to people who speak different languages. I like trying to figure out what they're saying. I like to imagine what the motivations, the contexts, the relationships are between these people. So in those... Those older gals went walking past me. Uh, made me wonder, what are they talking about? What could be the message? All right, I'm about to go into this place. And, uh, oh my gosh, I smell pizza. It smells so good. I'm about to go into this place. And uh, 
We'll talk to you a little bit more when we exit this premises. Inspirato Projecto. I've been wanting to ask this for a long time. I want to put on the new episode on the Goonies too. Why is it that Steven Spielberg has recently said in public that there's going to be no Goonies 2 every time he gets together with his colleagues to discuss films that he should create? They talk about Goonies 2, but it doesn't get farther. Why can't they make it? You know, is it unrealistic? Is, a, is it a fool's errand? Because Goonies is such a masterpiece. I've never asked you about Goonies, but I am very eager to hear about your thoughts about Goonies and why Goonies 2 won't and can't be made. Thank you, Inspirato, for inspiring me. Man Behind the Machine, visit us online, and uh, we'll be in the metaverse soon. So we'll see you on the metaverse. Goonies 2 and the search for One-Eyed Willie. Gosh, you know, I would love to see a Goonies 2. I remember when I was a little kid, shortly after seeing Goonies 2, there's this abandoned house that was nearby in a cornfield behind my buddy's house where uh, everybody at some point or another saw the corn monster and we just carved our way through there and found this abandoned house. It was two floors, unless that was an attic. Uh, it had a basement, uh, it had an upstairs. Was that also the attic? But I remember somehow we came upon this thing and we would dare our, we'd dare our friends to go inside this thing and we'd go into the basement and there were still things in there. Like there were still things in this house. And inside the inside the uh, there's a refrigerator down in the in the basement, and there were like things in jars, and we always wonder what's going on. And I always just felt this certainty, this vibe in me that if I had explored with under there in in uh, in that basement, we would have come across some secret tunnel that leads us to some crazy pirate ship, just like in Goonies. I I just kept thinking that every time we went to this house. I think I went there maybe three or four times because each time I went in there, there was a nearby neighbor who'd, who'd kind of get, shoo, shoo, get out. Remember that term? Shoo. He'd go over there and he'd shoo us out of there. He'd say, get out of here. I'm watching that house. Those neighbors are on, my neighbors are on vacation. Neighbors are on vacation. There's no furniture in the house. There's no, there's nobody living here. The, 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 door, the doors are open. And uh, I always felt that there would be some, some vast Goonies type of, uh, underground layer that I that my friends and I would happen upon now in addition to that I don't know if you've been hearing David Lynch this ties in with your Goonies question David Lynch on and off there's a history of what had happened throughout quarantine that um, he was secretly working on a project he actually made the announcement himself and then people saw uh uh Watts, Naomi Watts, Naomi what? Naomi Watts? I wonder if I didn't realize this till now. I wonder if she's, I wonder if she's related to Alan Watts, Naomi Watts, Alan Watts. I can't believe I never had that that epiphany until right now. Oh my god, dude! Wow, I gotta investigate this. Watts, Naomi Watts. And Laura Dern were seen, I guess, at a Showtime building or Netflix or something like that. So yeah, there was this, there was this kind of a history of this thing going on where um, Netflix was going to make like a twelve-part, one-hour show for David Lynch, and it was called Wisteria. And then 
And then the title was changed to Unrecorded Night. And then there were these, and then what happened was recently, all various members of, cast members of Twin Peaks and people who have been in David Lynch movies started putting up um, pictures of the wisteria flower with no explanation. Then <coughs> a rumor escaped <coughs> that David Lynch has a secret project showing at Cannes this year. David Lynch then goes on social networks and says, no, 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 I do not, you know, I do not have a movie. He said it like two or three times. I do not have a movie coming out at Cannes. And of course, all the papers, you know, rolled with this and everything. No, no, no movie, you know, and all these, all these Lynch fans were like, oh, now, they also remember, let's dial back the hands of time. David Lynch would continually say, no, there's no more story for, for Twin Peaks. There's no more. Well, what do we end up having? Twin Peaks season three. Okay, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is what I'm getting to here. Over, well, here, the, there's, there's, there's a list of dates here, okay? It's going to go, as, as you hear these things, it's going to go in a row, 529, 2020, 10-16-20, So, okay. What I'm saying, what I'm saying right there are dates of um, specific dates that David Lynch said a specific thing on his daily, because he has, he has David Lynch Theater. If you go to YouTube, you could check out. He's got David Lynch Theater, and he's got, um, he's, 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 he puts up daily weather reports. He does all kinds of fun stuff. So someone put up this tweet. This is what this is all leading to. I had to give you all the back, back information. This is, this is what the tweet says here. From Fate Colossal, okay? It says, holy shit. Just realized that David Lynch has been slowly conditioning us over the past two years with increasing urgency to believe the rumors about can. Okay. David Lynch will say, it's Friday once again. Can you believe it? Okay. So now check this out. Isn't that intriguing? Like, how cool is that to think that he's been planting these little seeds in our brains? And we know, we know just how how deeply uh, detailed and interwoven Twin Peaks is in all of his movies. He's always planting little seeds. I mean, this right here is a symbolic representation. What he did with this is a tiny symbolic representation of what he's been doing in, in his media through all these years. I mean, I love it. I love it. 
So to answer your question, this is this is this this is how I'm answering your question, man behind the machine. <laughs> is uh, you you never can rule anything out, can you? <laughs> can can you <laughs> believe it? <laughs> Okay, the time is now 6.28. It is the same day. And uh, I stopped at a uh, liquor store. Out of all places, that was the third place I stopped at. And this time, they actually had some candles. I found some birthday candles, but the uh, the closest to red they had was pink. So, let's see what we do with that. Let's see what we do with that. Um... I think as long as my intention is in there, you know, and I, and I'm, you know, going through whatever ceremony or what have you, um, for tomorrow, tomorrow being April 15th, I think as long as my intentions are good, um, I think things will things will will rock and roll. So I'm very excited to see how this uh, how this evolves. I'm very excited. Um, it's always great when you have a series of minds powered up and excited about a specific thing. When that thing that you are banding together for is something helpful, good. Oh, I just came across some good art here on the ground. Um, That's found poetry. Uh, When spirits come together for good, and, and put their vibes together for a cause that really, you know, the most ideal would be sitting and meditating. That, that would be phenomenal. If we could teach people, if people were, were taught enough about the importance, the benefits, the excitements, the joys involving meditation and joining together peacefully if we can kind of let let everybody know the values of those things then of course we'll do more of those things I frequently thought that things like sporting events there are so many symbolic representations of how the universe is and operates. No way. I'm walking past a a homeless shopping cart right now and I see the um, Salvador Dali. I'm gonna try to take a picture of this right now. Let's see if this will let me. Wow. Oh, that's great. It didn't kick me off. So, the 
the elements of the universe really working well uh, is the frequency, of course, that you are tuned into. That's where, that's where you're able to conjure up all that great stuff. It's that frequency that you're tuning into. And so imagine, like at these sporting events, on each side of these teams, there is togetherness, there's excitement, there is, oh yeah, we're in it together. All right, you get this, these big waves. Now imagine if, if we were able to bring those kinds of large numbers together to be that excited and that intent and that playful and just full of love. Uh, if everybody in a situation like that were, were, were putting their minds together for that joy, that peace, that manifestation of, of reality experiences most preferable to them. Imagine if everybody was doing that instead of there's a team, I'm rooting for this team, you're rooting for that team, this team is better than that team, here are all the reasons why my team is better and your team is stupid. Like, whoa. So the idea of coming together, like that right there is very, very good. Very, very good. The aspects of, uh, I'm walking past some extraordinary sunflowers right now. Um, the aspect of, uh, look at these, look at these beautiful sunflowers. Hi. Wow, amazing. Um, the other thing, at these, at these sporting events, let's say, for instance, basketball. There is this excitement of, holy cow. Are they going to be able to throw that ball into that hoop? So what that is exemplifying is the idea of what may look like something seemingly impossible is actually very possible. Very possible and then some. So in addition to it being possible to throw a ball into a basket... Is that that raven again? I'm walking back over here now and I see it flying overhead. Wouldn't it be interesting if that was the same raven? I'm almost home now. So, that idea of, guess what? The impossible is possible. When you believe in the impossible, everything is possible. Now, I didn't come up with that. I borrowed that from Stephen... D. Maddox. Oh, hi. Hi there. Look, at there's a raven right here on the ground. Hi there. Hi. Hello. Hello. Look it. Hello. Hello. It's just running around in the street. Hi there. It's interesting. I saw, I saw one raven fly overhead, and now I see this one, just hanging out on the ground. I gotta become friends with these. It's gotta happen. I just keep hearing hello. I just uh, keep hearing all the time. Oh, here's another one. Here's another one over in another yard. Hey there. Hi. Hello. Hello. 
How's it going there? Hey. Holy cow. I've heard that the corvid, the corvids, ravens, crows, they remember you. They're very smart. You can form relationships with these. My friend Lisa Bowman has created an extraordinary relationship with the ravens near her house. And now she can just call them in. The raven will be way over there. Renwick the raven, way over there. She'll do a little, and all of a sudden it flies over to her. So these aspects of the seemingly impossible being possible, I love that. That's an awesome lesson to remember. Something that appears to be way over there and not possible. There's no way that could happen. Well, guess what? It happens. All, everybody coming together. Everybody working together. These are all actually elements, too, if we want to look at a deeper symbolic representation. This is very much like having babies. There's a celebration there. Lots of gasps. Lots of ooh, ee, ah. Lots of that going on. Waves. Motion. Cheering. We did it together. I'm sure there are those who, you know, choose to make some kind of competition out of it. Like, oh. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Um... You know, making a competition out of it, like, oh yeah, well, I had an orgasm, you didn't. Well, you think that the mission, <laughs> mission of something like that would be everybody celebrates. We're both winning. We've, we've, win-win. Um, and then of course, so that's the crowd, right? That's the, ah, and also the players on the field. Um, What's the, you know, the, obviously the getting the hole in one. The basket in the hoop. What is it? That's the sperm reaching the egg. There's a lot that that sperm has got to go through in order to reach that egg. And then once it reaches the egg, it's not over. There's more work to do. Hi, Ollie. It's, it's got to go down. Down into there. And who knows what's at the center of, of an egg, really, anyway. What's at the center of these things? It's a labyrinth. That's, my, that's, that's what I'm imagining. It's a labyrinth. And uh, so now there's that. It's like a video game. Kitty. Little man. Hey, little dude. Little dude. All right, think about it. Something, uh, something to think about. All right, it is now 7.46 p.m. Friday the 15th. 
not to be confused with Friday the 13th. However, I'm sure there is some dimension right now that has a Friday the 13th going on. Um, All right, so this revelation struck me, and I just actually texted this to to Tara. Um, This revelation struck me today because I've been reading this book. It's about Mr. Rogers. It's called The Good Neighbor. The Life and Work of Fred Rogers by Maxwell King. The Good Neighbor by Maxwell King. There, I think I said this in a past episode. Uh, there are so many acts of kindness that Mr. Rogers and his family did growing up. Um, he really tried to downplay the aspect that his family, that he grew up rich. So he was always, you know... Be, trying to be as humble as humanly possible. Um, just goes to show you, no matter what your upbringing, you know, you, you could, you, kids will still find some way to, you know, people will still be jealous of you in some way or make fun of you or something. Mr. Rogers was just a, such a kind guy, all throughout, very generous, all throughout his life. Um, such a phenomenal guy. And... It talks in there about how he, how many, like, he he edited, he wrote, um, did all this stuff on 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 these episodes, and that was for how many years, you know, how many decades was that on the air? Oh God, I love that fresh ozonated water. Wow, if you ever hear that buzzing in the background, the that's what that is, ozonated water. I realized, you know, I frequently tell people, if we were to simply play the reruns of the old Mr. Rogers uh, neighborhood and and reruns of the old Sesame Streets, all those early ones, all those early ones, those are filled with authenticity, filled with authenticity. Uh, oh, and Mr. Rogers um, never let them put advertisements that advertise to the kids. Nothing about toys. I mean, think about that. People were frustrated with him because he wouldn't, he would not monetize the toys and put commercials on there. They were like, come on, Fred, we need money. You know, and this whole time, this low-budget TV show and uh, all those cardigans he wore were cardigans that his mom had sewed him. Every year, his mom sewed him a new cardigan. So he had tons of these ever since he was a little kid. So I came to this revelation. I realized, oh my gosh, you know, so many of us, I I hear us saying out there, gosh, you know, customer service has gone down or, you know, kids don't respect their elders or, you know, they they don't have any respect and there's no, you know, there's no kindness to people. Nobody knows the golden rule. And I realized it's because there are a couple of generations that have not been raised on Mr. Rogers. We, 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 I did not, like, I did not realize how often I, I think back to something that Mr. Rogers taught me as a kid. There's something I learned on Sesame Street. The golden rule, you know, be good to your neighbor. 
Uh, everyone's got a story. You know, that's a wonderful theme in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Everybody has a story. Everybody is interested in something. Each person is interesting simply because they are interested in something and they're excited to show it to us. They're excited to share it with us. Imagine that. Going around being excited to hear what someone has to share with us instead of, ready, you know, I'm ready to shoot it down. I'm ready to debunk this thing. As soon as this person starts talking, I'm going to look for the first thing I can do to debunk them. I got to debunk their story somehow. I got to let them know what my opinion is. I got to let them know what I think about this, all right? They're going to get a piece of my mind. So Mr. Rogers taught us all those great things that these kids are just not learning. And, uh, and there we go. Did you grow up with Mr. Rogers? Do you know who Mr. Rogers is? Fred Rogers? He also wrote, he also wrote books for adults. He uh, also made operas. Did you realize that? Mr. Rogers made operas. When are those going to get released? The Fred Rogers operas. Holy moly, I would love to have, have that CD. Why aren't those things out on iTunes? The only Mr. Rogers anything that's out there that I could find on iTunes was from the uh, movie that Tom Hanks was in. I'm interested in hearing Mr. Rogers, his original compositions, him playing the keys, him singing along. Imagine all those songs. I, I, just, kept, I just kept thinking about this. Man, I would love uh, to see Mr. Rogers' albums out there in the world. Just music, you know, taken directly. I bit the inside of my cheek. Just music taken directly from the TV show. Directly from the TV show. And um, there it is. Put on compact disc. Especially now more than ever. Um, people are starting to get, get into albums again. So wouldn't that be cool? Have Mr. Rogers on album. So there it is. I think I, so- I, I, think I solved... You know, this big question mark. It's like, why aren't the generations getting along? Why do they feel so foreign to each other? Well, Mr. Rogers was bridging that gap. Mr. Rogers was was teaching kids, you know, things that their their, their parents were going through. He was teaching them adult concepts. He had a show about divorce. He had an entire week about divorce. He took a a short break there. um, And... Try to make it um, a TV show, but for adults. And it had the same patience, you know, the same quietness to it, the same calmness and serene serenity. And people were, you know, adults weren't interested in that. Um, but he was, he was very passionate about this. And so he, he went back um, for another for more Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And this time he decided, okay, we're going to work. He would work closely with child psychologists and these doctors and learning all about, he had a specific language that he would write down in talking to kids, a very specific way of explaining things, not taking anything for granted because remember kids, they hear everything literal. You tell them, oh yeah, I'm a, yeah. Oh yeah, I jump off the roof all the time. I'm a, you know, I'm a superhero. It's like, what, you know? Some kid is going to hear that and go, wait, you do? You know, if they do, I can. So, you know, there's, there's certain language, um, certain considerations that Mr. Rogers had. 
for his for his audience and treating each individual person as if they're the only person that was watching that that day watching that moment and he and just just such such a good vibe reminds me so much of uh, of grandpa grandpa Clendenin grandpa Charles it's Jimmy Stewart you know the Jimmy Stewart kind of vibe um Mr. Rogers taught us so much, and, and if we were to play those seriously for the kids. So once he went back in there for another season of Mr. Of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, the he decided let's let's make the entire week a particular theme. One was about about divorce. I think one might have been about death, maybe. Um. He just did not shy away from stuff. He was awesome at improv. He would spend weeks and weeks trying to write these speeches. He would be asked to go give speeches at these various colleges and stuff. And he would spend weeks and weeks trying to write these speeches. And sometimes he would just ditch the speech at the end. He would just improvise. He was that comfortable enough to just go ahead and improvise. Wow. So yeah. I think that's I think that's the key. I think that's what it is, Mr. We're missing Mr. Rogers. Now there's this upsurgence with Bob Ross. Um, which by the way, that would make a really cool movie. Bob Ross and Mr. Rogers meeting each other and hanging out and doing cool stuff. It could be a comedy, but not in the sense of a comedy of like, hey, it's a comedy, Ben Stiller and, and Owen Wilson doing goofy stuff. Starskid hush, hey. Uh like that's 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 fine. It has its place, but just imagine the comedy just comes out of the situation, the situational comedy, just so good. So, I'm shuffling right now. This is the Mystic Martian Oracle by Lisa Porter, my friend Lisa Bowman, who I interviewed. I met through TikTok. Uh, you can check out that interview. She was the one who told me about this. She's like, I think you, I think these are right up your alley. And these are like tarot cards of sorts. It comes with this little book. What it is, is these different species that are in here. So um, it gives you a couple of instructions for kind of how to, let's see. I recommend the card user initially become acquainted with each ET and linking card individually to familiarize themselves with the card's vibrational energy before using them. Once you've read through the information of each card, allow some reflective time to process the meaning. Allow time to ponder on the images to assist with the generalized feel of the image to resonate. This process will assist later with intuitive and psychic understanding insight. Now, um, Phoenix from Fearlessly Phoenixing podcast, and also that's her TikTok, um, she, um, she had suggested I make playing cards out of the images that are in my book, Sleepwalking Through an Obstacle Course, by the way. Um, if you like coffee table books, it's in hardcover. It's a, it's eight and a half by 11 hardcover, 300 and something pages, 360, I think. And, um, so you can, you can get that. I self-published that through Amazon. So sleepwalking through an obstacle course and Phoenix 
uh, suggested that I make my own deck cards. I mean, these things could be oracle cards. I could, I would love to do that. I would love to write down meanings of these things. You know what, now that I'm saying this now, I think this is something I gotta investigate. I was looking up a couple of these card companies just to see what was going on. I I really want to do like a print on demand kind of thing, kind of like with Am what Amazon does. I'm trying to, you know, they say when you, sh when you shuffle these cards, it's like you kind of do it loose, kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like you just kind of like, do kind of loose because then it's like they can kind of like fall out and so I've been trying to like just be kind of loosey-goosey with these like some people just like it's just like, uh, like, damn, it's like damn. put it in there I don't know they seem to have like a real easy time doing it so I'm calling to a card to see what it comes out here now this is this is one of the things one of the one of the readings you could do here uh, this one called, here, give a couple of examples here. Two examples. Two example spreads, okay? One called past, present, and future spread, which is three cards. And then Martian spread, which is what ET species am I most connected with? So we're going to do right now a past, present, and future spread. By the way, while you're listening to this, if you have another device, look up Mystic Martian Oracle. See if see if all the images are printed up on on out there or not. So you can kind of see what these cards look like. As I'm I'm trying I'm I I kind of am, am waiting for like one or two to kind of fall out. Like I always see like on TikTok, these tarot folks will doing the, they're doing this, and all of a sudden like a card will fall out. And I go, oh, that's the one. Or should I just pick? I guess it couldn't hurt to just pick it, right? Maybe I just shuffle it some more. Oh, that's another. That's another thing they do too. Yeah, just like loose shuffle, kind of sloppy shuffle. Sloppy shuffle. Here we go. Do the sloppy shuffle. Sloppy. Okay, here we go. I'm pulling a card out. Okay. Water element. There's a woman on this. There's a triangle. It says reflection, kindness, compassion. That's what the water number forty element says. All right. Now. No, I'm going to choose. That's the uh, past. All right. That represents the past. This. All right. So I'm going to do a future. I'm going to do the past first. So represents the past and can indicate thought patterns and ways of being that may have influence on the matter at hand. All right. So water element number 40. What does that mean? Let's go into the let's go in here and let's, let's read what number 40 is. Number 40. Number 40. Oh, ooh, that's near the end. That's near the end. Here we go. Water element. Water is one of the four classical elements and critical energetic forces that sustains physical third dimensional life on our planet. Water rules Pisces, Cancer, and Scorpio. Archangel Gabriel rules the water element. Poseidon is a water deity. Water phlegmatic is a feminine yin element. Water symbolically rules understanding, emotion, sensitivity. All right, so this is, so, so this, oh, the card meaning. Now remember, this is supposed to represent my past and indicate thought patterns and ways of being that may have influence on the matter at hand. Okay, so this is, this is, this is what this card, 40, the 40 water element, this is what, this is what it means, card meaning. Flowing, reflection, natural rhythms, compassion, modesty, kindness, softness, intuition, relationships, Regeneration, purging, 
flexibility, feelings, acceptance, healing, surrendering, allowing, empathy, gentleness, forgiveness. So that's good. That makes sense. Water. Yeah, that makes sense. And that is my past. So let's see. Thought patterns. Thought patterns. Hmm. All right. Maybe it'll all start coming clear. All right, so now I'm just going to look through here. The second card. This is the present. Ebens. Number eight. Look at that infinity. As you know, I love infinity. Ebens. Uh, EBE means extraterrestrial biological energy uh, entity. entity. Ebens. Ebens. Mystery reading between the lines intuition. All right, well, let's, let's take a look at what this... Number two, this represents the present. Here, uh, ET may help you consider your unconscious attitudes to the situation, the effect of others on the matter, and possible outside forces. ET may help you be clear about any choices you need to make. Huh. All right, so let's see. My attitudes to a situation. What situation is that? Eight. All right, let's check it out. Let's check it out. Evens, here we go. Even is an acronym for extraterrestrial biological entity. Yep. Used by specialized top secret pathology, osteology, and scientific experts researching discovered ETs in captivity, alive or possibly injured from spacecraft cra- spacecraft crashes or researching deceased ETs via autopsies. Though Eben does not refer to any one specific type of ET, it is cl- claimed scientists have labeled the, the found Eben Ebens into five categories. Many alternative scholars believe the tiny mummified skeleton found in the Atacama Desert in northern Chile is indeed an Eben and not human for the range of scientific reasons not mentioned in mainstream discourse and because humans are ancestrally of ET genetics, which goes totally against the official publicized narrative. Card meaning, okay, so this is the Eben. This, this, this... And this has to do, of course, with um, all right. Um, this goes with, of course, what I'm about to read to you goes with the present. All right. So this is going to help me understand what my attitudes are about my current situation. Mystery, unknown, reading between the lines, discernment, intuition, hunch, healthy skepticism, infant, something is in its infancy stage, discriminating data, questioning. Huh. Yeah, I've been following my intuition a lot more. Yes, birth, birth, new new births and new things. Unknown, yet healthy skepticism, yet questioning things, questioning authorities, questioning social constructs. All right, so now the future, card three, here we go. This represents the future. Although it indicates probable outcomes, it doesn't predict the future, but can help you formulate a path to get to where you'd like to be. All right, so here we go. We're gonna look through the middle here. Look through, here we go, here we go. Tall whites, tall whites, number 20. Uncertainty, distrust, guarded. That's what it says on there. All right, the tall whites. Now this represents the future. Interesting. 
Uh, it indicates possible outcomes. It doesn't predict the future, but can help you formulate a path to where you want to go. Okay, so number 20. Let's go find the tall whites. What do the tall whites symbolize? What does it tell us about these tall whites? It's unclear exactly where the tall whites originated from. Some suggest they may be Pleiadian, Electra, or Lyran lineage branch. Tall whites stand six to seven feet tall and are humanoid in appearance. Their thin, chalky, pale, white skin makes them look almost albino. Their eyes are proportionally double the size of humans and are bluer in color when young before changing to indigo and pinkish with age. They have platinum to, uh, to white hair and are lanky and slender. They can reach to the age of up to 900 Earth years and are vegetarians. Like most ETs, they do not age like Earthlings do. The tall whites are very family-oriented and often bring young ones with them on short trips. They are known to be fiercely protective of their offspring. They are not emotionally demonstrative at all. In fact, they can appear totally emotionless. However, they are easily provoked and will swiftly retaliate with no warning. It's advised to never underestimate their abilities and speed if they are startled and when they are in the presence of humans, always let them know your whereabouts if you value your life. Overall, the tall whites do not trust the human species. The tall whites are, however, amazed at humans' close connection to pets and the animal kingdom. Their mannerisms are very focused, thorough, and deliberate. They do not multitask, and they are not into small talk. The males hardly speak, though the females may make an effort and speak a little. They prefer a dry climate, and it is said some are based on a treaty basis in a mountain on Earth in exchange for giving some gravity and levitation-generated technology information, though they will not give light-speed te travel technology to humans. They are excellent warriors and have highly sophisticated technologies. Now, it's interesting because the Tall Whites are in this documentary, I believe, oh, is it on Amazon? It's about Charles Hall. Charles Hall, who met the Tall Whites when he was stationed out at Nellis Air Force Base. Now, this is for my future, okay? This is what they symbolize. Uncertainty, wary, skeptical, caution, cynical, guarded, distrust, aloof, pause, unhold, sensitive, agile, exercise. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Well... This represents possible outcomes. What, what? It's a possible outcome. Pause. No. That's. Well, that is today's reading. For yours truly. Do you read uh, Oracle cards? I'd love to know. I'd love to know. You can leave a message for me on anchor.fm slash inspirato projecto. You might be listening to this on Spotify or iTunes, or Breaker, or Spreaker, or Outcast, CastBox, Radio Public, um, all kinds of different places, all kinds of different places, Podchaser, Podbean, uh, iHeart, TuneIn, Amazon Music, all over all over. Thank you for listening to Inspirato Projecto. By the way, if you want to, as you well know, this is a variety show. In fact, I'll play a couple of messages. Um, in fact, you know what? Um, yeah, I'll play a couple of messages. 
So if you want to call in and leave a message, call 561-203-9179. And please remember to look out for Sleepwalking Through an Obstacle Course. It's also in Kindle. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to Inspirato Projecto. And uh, if you stick around, um, you just might hear the facepalm theme song by yours truly, CEC. This is Robert from Twin Peaks, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto. Got a light. It's a face palm, a face palm, a balm of calm, like an napalm bomb. It's a face palm, a face palm, crumbly malm of loamy alms. And how soon do you think you're to do it again? It's a face palm, a face palm, here come alms playing Brahms and prom. And how soon do you think you're to do it again? And the homes from Guam, Guam to the cable comes. Are the Grom Rom diatoms glom in their moms? It's a face palm, a face palm. The book of psalms and rhymes and rums. And how soon do you think you'll do it again?